difference between walking in high heels to walk down the street and walking in high heels to walk down a runway. There used to be, but now they very much request very rarely on runways, or at least when I was doing it, I haven't been on a runway in a while, but they wanted you to street street walk. <laughs> hey, it worked for some of us. Some of us married really well after those street walks. Um, no, they like casual walking. It became very like they didn't want the stage stomp, prance, anything. It was oh, like. Oh, but I love the stage stomp. I love <laughs> the st- The stomp was my favorite. It's like you walk like you're a horse and you're literally, it's, it's not a regular street walk. It's almost like you're hurling your legs <laughs> in front of you and then stomping down. Well, you definitely are still doing that. Not the stomping part, but like you are. Are because you're so erect and kind of leans back because it makes the clothes flow really nice. So you are walking abnormally because you're pulling yourself. Where when you walk normally, like you are falling and catching yourself. That's like the definition of walking. You're falling and catching yourself with your foot. So when you're walking down the runway, you pull yourself forward with your feet, if that makes sense. Oh, you're like... Yeah, because you're back and so you have to like pull... You know what? I also have been on the top 10 list of the worst walks on the runway multiple times. So maybe I'm not the one. Are you like, serious? It's happened. I slouch. I don't know. It's fine. I, it worked. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest for this week's episode of O oh Oscar. She has graced the covers of multiple fashion magazines. Three or four. She... <laughs> She has been literally down the runway for all of the highest profile fashion designers from Milan to Paris to New York and beyond. She was Karl Lagerfeld's muse for Chanel for quite some time. She is now a comedian because she was like, I, I, I want to I keep that depression going. She is now a comedian. Please welcome Heidi Whitworth. Oh, sorry. I'm the only one applauding that. Yeah. Wait, it is Heidi Whitworth or is it Heidi Mount? Um, no, because I just said I wasn't going to go into porn. So Heidi Mount me was no longer necessary. So I went back to my maiden name of Whitworth. Jesus Christ. I thought it would be an I easy transition. I drag name, Heidi Mount me. <laughs> Am I allowed to do drag? Like I could make myself look like I, I mean, was doing I think drag. anything goes nowadays. You know what? Let's not be sexist. You got to include yeah, the women in anything, drag too. Anything goes. So let's talk real quick about your background. You got into fashion at a very young age. And so this whole kind of whirlwind lifestyle of fashion what was that in a nutshell like? Um, so I started at 12, like you said, really young. So I don't really know. Um, it all kind of just you, happened. Real, qu- real quick, and I don't mean to cut you off. Were you at the same height? Were you at the like model no. height? at? Oh, how tall I am? Yeah. I've been this tall since I was about 12. I think I grew maybe a half an inch. Okay. Um, but I was the tallest person at my elementary school. Not kid, like person. So this is just always. <laughs> That's great. Like, yeah. It, all the teachers were like, well, that adult should not be in class. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting getting thrown into it. But at the same time, because I was so young, it's just like anything with childhood. When people are like, oh, how was that? I don't know. It was my childhood. Like that. It felt normal. Um, being on shoots became very normal very quickly. Um, but then also I went back and forth from New York, L.A. and Utah, where I'm from. And then 
when I was 16, started incorporating Paris and living there a lot more. But I was always going back home to school. And I that started to feel more weird because it was like, I'm on adult sets, making adult money, doing like uh, talking about politics with people, talking about not that I knew what I was talking about, but like that all felt very normal. It was the back home that was weird. So fast forward, mm-hmm. you're in this now fashion industry. What was your first major runway show? When I was 16 in Paris, I did Yoji Yomamoto. Oh. And that was my first runway show ever. And then after that, I'd done... Were shin- you nervous? No, because when you're launched into it... First of all, like you said, you have like all this fashion history that you liked as a kid. I never cared and never knew. So I didn't know what this show was. I didn't know anything about it or understand what was going on. I actually, they'd given me two outfits, which now I understand is a compliment because a lot of girls will only get one. Sometimes you'll get three, but that's like very, like when I was is the Is that the norm in the business? If you get two outfits, that's kind of like you're yeah. a golden child. Yeah, almost. like they like you right. enough to put two outfits on you. Real quick, the trajectory just kind of went, kept So going from that, upward. I was back and forth um, and I did decently well. I was not a, a name that people really knew. A lot of people in fashion knew who I was, but I wasn't booking big campaigns or anything. Every right. fashion week, I'd be in like a, a Marc Jacobs or a Mark by Mark. Chanel, I did a lot before. Um, Milan, I never did anything super big when I was younger. And then... Um, all the casting directors knew me. Then I got pregnant at 19 and went off and had my son. And when I came back, I had changed my name and I decided I wanted to go a whole different direction, got a new agency and was like really committed to I walked into the agency and I was like, I want to be a star. I'm like, I hate that I even just said that. But like, I want to do well. I don't just want to like coast along and do Neiman's online and right. whatever. And this right no, like, that's Yeah, that's nothing that doesn't. That's the thing. It's like you had a vision. You had a goal. You were like, this is what I'm worth. This is what I want to do. Do it. Yeah. And I went in. I went into IMG. And I, um, they signed me. And I did the next Fashion Week. And then um, I did that season in New York. I did Proenza Schooler, which was a big... Is that sh- how you say your name? Proenza Schooler? Yeah. It's two men. And it's their last names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... Those years is of... Is that how you say her name? Those two years of watching Elsa Clutch <laughs> just paid off. Because I was like, oh, it's Proenza Schuler. Where is she? I never see Proenza Schuler. And then you're like, it's Proenza Schuler. And it's too... Okay. <laughs> All right. This is why I am an awful... Terrible. <laughs> fashionista. Terrible. That's where it's interesting when you asked if like getting launched into it felt weird as a young person. I felt like I had a gradual kind of way into it when I was a kid. And this all of a sudden was just like, boom, you're doing all this stuff. That's great. Yeah. But I think that was more of like a culture shock almost of like, I've been kind of on the outside looking in on this forever. And now it's really happening. Like I'm getting popped on flights everywhere to go do every big show and then it um i mean it was amazing and i loved it but it definitely was more of a shock than when i was 12 13 14 slowly coming in for a month here a month there um a day yeah it uh it definitely was more of a shock then and it just kind of launched after that 
I met Carl after that fashion week. Because though I'd been doing Chanel, you don't meet Carl just like doing the show. He'll look at you in the clothes and be like, okay, fine. Um, And I met Carl after that. And that's when I became the face of Chanel and his muse and this whole kind of that part of my career launched off. Did I ever tell you what the first thing he said to me was? No. What was it? So I, uh, they were shooting Claudia Shiffer here in New York for the Chanel campaign. And I was doing another shoot that day. And Alex White, who is a, st- a big fashion stylist, um, big supporter of mine, called up and was like, hey, can you come? Carl wants to keep shooting. We're done with the Chanel campaign, but he wants to have some girls come over and do a shoot. And I think you guys would really get along. So I show up and there's like six or seven of us. We all come into the trailer for Carl to see us and see if he wants what we're wearing, wants to shoot us. And Alex, God bless her, says, Carl, this is Heidi. She's one of the older girls. I was 20 at this point. (laughs) And I went, excuse me, what, what, Alex? Like, I am not older. I'm 19 or 20. I think I was 19, maybe 20 at this point. And she goes, well, I mean, you have a kid and, you know, like that just makes me think of you as like you're older and more mature and stuff. And obviously me calling her out in a business introduction was super mature of me. Um, And Carl looks at me and he goes, you know, the difference in between a 19 year old's breasts and a 90 year old's breasts? No, their belly button. (laughs) As like Carl Lagerfeld just told me a terrible dad joke. I love him. All right. Okay. I want to know more about fashion, but we're going to get, you know, obviously there's, there's so much and maybe we can even do a follow up episode because I feel like there's just Let's so much. Let's see how your fans about. feel. Let's yeah. see how the fans feel but, about it. So now like, obviously you've kind of like matured in that sense and like, you're still doing fashion and you're still doing, you know, uh, editorial and that type of work. But you from learning about you and becoming a friend is that you've expressed interest in stand-up comedy, which you've recently started doing. Mm-hmm. Why did you kind of now pivot towards stand-up comedy and why were you so interested in it? Because well, I'm ugly enough now that people listen to me when I'm on stage. That's <laughs> okay. what age does to All you. right. All right. With modeling and everything taking up my life, I always have been obsessed with comedy and listening to comedy. I put it on Spotify on like just random whole albums on mix. So I get weird jokes here and there and it's just fun. Um, And I always said I wanted to do comedy. I started writing stand up bits for myself probably like 13 years ago. Really? But I never had the, well, I I made excuses. I don't have the time. I'm a single mom. I can't like, I'm not going to pay for a babysitter for me to go to open mics. I also didn't do the research into how to get into open mics and all of this. And then it was like, just always an excuse, but I think it was just insecurity. Mm -hmm. It was insecurity of like, I don't want to get up and bomb. I finally decided I, I made some really big life choices in February of 2020 and decided I was done just writing this stuff down and being like, and it would become irrelevant because it was time-based, like all yeah. this, like it's not like I have years of built up. Some of it right. still works, but it, um, I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to do this. I'm making better choices for myself. I'm going to support myself and love myself, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so February of 2020, I was like, I'm starting my comedy career. And, uh, you know, then the world told me to go fuck myself. And, uh, I had gone to one open mic 
And then the world shut down. And then I discovered Clubhouse and was performing and working on stuff too, just being able to joke with other comedians and kind of like it gave me from what I had written out and what I was going to do. It gave me that improv that, yes, I'd studied, but it's different and feedback and meeting other comedians like you. I didn't know how to find open mics. I went to that one because somebody had told me about it, but I didn't know how to find them. And then you introduced me to the actual comedy world, which was great. And like the Facebook page and whatnot to get to open mics. And then I started going to open mics. But I also realized open mics where it can be soul sucking is when I'm trying to work on my mom's stuff. It's a bunch of bros that don't have kids, don't know anyone that has kids aside from their mother whose pussy they came out of. Like they have no sense of it. But then when I do shows, all the women in the audience think it's fucking hysterical yeah and it's like so i have to take and i think because of years of fashion of rejection and just literally people to my face telling me how much they hate things about me and that's appropriate and normal i can do a mic where i got like a giggle or two from somebody and be like you're all a bunch of dudes like i don't care if you think that's funny like there's not enough women that think that it's funny how the fashion industry got you ready for comedy in a way Oh, I had somebody the other day be like, well, if you're going to be in comedy, you got to be used to rejection. I'm like, I started modeling at 12 years old. <laughs> rejection is rejection all is part of it. very much in the fashion industry. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to the next portion of O oh Oscar, and it is the main crux of the podcast. So I get to ask my guests, Heidi, what was your first gay experience? So I like kind of racked my brain trying to figure out exactly what was the first moment for me. Um, Cause as a girl who's into boys and girls, it was like, am I just having like curiosity about women Is it whatever? But I, in middle school had a girl, we called each other girlfriends, but we were so young. We like only held hands. And then in high school, I kissed a girl named Sunny at school, which was a big mistake because Utah is not like very pro same sex <laughs> kissing. Um, I went home from school early that day crying. Um, and then it just kind of like, I loved kissing women. Yeah. And so it was kind of like that slow progression of that. And then I met another model backstage at a show um, when I was 17. And we kind of were talking about, we were both on this, like, what are we? What are we figuring out? And then that night she was like, hey, do you want to have a sleepover at your hotel? We were in Milan. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And then she showed up and um, it wasn't like a teenage sleepover. <laughs> there was a lot of model on model uh, experiences for me. Is there a lot of sexualness in the model industry? So the industry and the world, I think, has pushed that in more in the like 2000s era of models, where if you think back to models from the 80s and the 90s, they were sexual and you saw them in partying, out partying at Studio 54 and like, I guess that's 70. But like all of that stuff, the models were like big party people and fucking Mick Jagger and like all this stuff. And I think the industry has pushed for models to be more of a hangers lately in like a certain eye and certain people feel that way. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's still like, oh, she's hot as fuck. Like, of course she's sexual. Of course she's like going out and dating. I mean, you see models marrying movie stars, having babies with movies. Like they're still like out there partying, meeting people and nightclubs pay for us to show up. 
Yeah. Or at very least, I've never waited in a line at a nightclub or paid for a drink. Like, they want us to be there because we're hot, we're going to dress sexy, we're going to party, we're going to have a good time. And that's just a given. So, like, it's a very sexually driven world. Yeah. Like, it's not... Like we said earlier, like, most people are gay that you're working with. There are definitely straight guys there. A lot of photographers, photo assistants. Um, I was married to a hairdresser. Like, they, it exists. Who? My first husband. Who was it? His name was Sean. Oh. Was he a hairdresser in the fashion industry? Yeah, we met on a photo shoot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. He, was, he was a hair assistant. He was assisting my very good friend, Kevin Ryan, who ruined my life. I just tell him that every time his name comes up. Or Did I he really ruin your life? Oh, he introduced me to my ex-husband. Oh, so he did ruin your life. <laughs> Every time he, I see him, he starts with, I'm sorry I ruined your life. Like, he, you don't even need to get into it. He unknowingly ruined your yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. He does like 20 hours. Like, I didn't tell you to marry him. I told you to fuck him. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I well, was young. I don't know. Well, you know, how interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Do you also think that there is a lot of sexual tension or sexual experiences within the modeling agent or like, do you think that there's a lot of sexual experiences that happen within the modeling world because everybody is always, you know, so close to each other they're like traveling with each other they're staying in hotel rooms together they're going on shoots together they're coming home together they're confiding in each other they're you know they're kind of almost living as like companions so do you think that sometimes from that breeds some sexual experiences um is that an appropriate question are you asking me if something's appropriate well i want to make sure it's not disrespectful to models well, no, because I'm going to answer it and it's going to not be yes. Um, I, I think the answer is no, because the women I've been with are out in one way or the other. Like mm. I've never, there are definitely models that end up experimenting, but I think they're, pe- because your mind is more open. You're in an industry of people coming from every different background and every kind of sexual experience or sexual identification. And like, I I think you are more open-minded about sexuality because of the people you're meeting and you're not stuck in a small town where you marry a man or a woman and you have a family and you buy a house and you, there's just not the expectation around. So you are, your eyes are open more, but models to one another, despite popular belief of us like being cat, like cat fighting with each other or not liking each other and competing, we're like sisters. Hmm. And you, my son's godmother is a fellow model who was in Vogue and Anna Winter did like, but whatever. <laughs> um, but Heidi digresses. But whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Um, Wait, yeah. who is it? Can I ask? Carolyn Trentini. Oh, I know. Um, and then. I can take that out of the podcast or I can keep it in. Oh, no. She's. Okay. Um. You know, I interviewed Coco Rocha on Clubhouse, and she's been a good friend of mine. We bonded at a really young age because we were both uh, in religions that other people were disrespectful to or did not understand. Um, and then... We- do you do you talk about being Mormon in your comedy? Of course. You've seen me do it. Did you? Do you not listen to me? Okay. I'm asking you for the, for the podcast. I know. I'm just yeah. being a dick. Yeah, I know that. Jesus okay, you want to ask again? Yeah. Do you talk about your upbringing in the Mormon religion in your comedy? No, because they'll hunt me down and kill me. Okay, let's try that again. 
to you. Take three. Do you do you talk about your upbringing in the Mormon religion in in your comedy? Yeah. No, I, uh, it's, again, it's another like individual type experience that a lot of people know. It's a very fast growing religion. I also have an interesting perspective that a lot of people that leave very um, intense religions don't have. I'm very close with both my parents. I'm close with all my siblings who are, well, my sister has somewhat, I don't know what's going on there. Um, and we love each other. We're very close. I I get bad news and I call my mom. Right. My mom doesn't answer. I call my dad. It's a mistake. Um, but uh, no, they like are my support system and I don't have anger towards the church. I think they do a lot of things that I am unhappy with, but for my sanity and how much I love my family, I can't be one of those people that starts harping on the church and hating them. Yeah. But there's a lot of weird stuff. Like, yeah. and it's funny. It just, like, even just talking about it, I don't, like, uh, I do put punchlines in it, but even without a punchline, people are like, holy crap, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I incorporate it. And I think I have a different, because I don't have the anger, it makes it more enjoyable for me to do. I think if I was mm. upset about it, I wouldn't enjoy doing it. Your sexual experience with this woman in Milan when you guys were there together. Mm -hmm. uh, was there a continuation of this or I, did it just kind of stop? Was there like a kind I of I never like a saw her. I saw her again throughout the fashion week. Um, and like, and how you put it is great sexual experience. It wasn't like it, with women on women. It is a very complex on what the lines are and stuff. It was like slight self exploration right. near each other. Um, I didn't want to make you throw up, so I'll keep it like Thank very you. peachy. Um, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It, it was very simple and we were young and it just, it was what it was. We weren't really friends before that. We had a night like, and we saw each other the rest of that fashion week through Milan and Paris. And then I think I saw her once again after that, but it was like pre really, I had a Milan cell phone that was a temporary, like I didn't have phone numbers. We didn't have, and just right. kind of never turned right. into anything i think it was both of us kind of exploring our sexuality with one another mm. instead of more like exploring one another after that sexual experience what were you peaked to further explore yeah. or yeah. was it kind of like all right i'm good but you you feel no that was like that was kind of a a starting point or mm -hmm. i guess the kissing whatever um no i've yeah continued on um it's still even at 34 i'm trying to figure out where i i lie on the i'm finding men more and more gross and women more and more beautiful heidi we are going to move on to the next segment of O oscar which is the gay dhd wheel of q a so you are going to spin we'll answer some questions and uh have at it it's interesting because I'm a Q and I like it in the A. Okay. I do. Autobiography title. Ooh. Well, we talked about this recently. I know, but what's a title? Okay. Autobiography title, One Exhausted Cunt. <laughs> All right. Not what he wanted me to say. <laughs> All right. Um, so let me ask you, though. All right. A lot of women do not like the C word. Is it 
appropriate for another woman to say, basically, this is who I am. I think I'm talking about myself. I'm literally talking about that body part, too, when I say that. I've birthed vaginally two very large children. Um, (laughs) And as my mom likes to point out, the second time I didn't even tear. So it's just been through it. And then I am a bit, I don't like the word bitch. Um, And if you go to different English-speaking countries... Bitch is the bad word and cunt is more of the way we use bitch in America. Mm. So I find... Um, Isn't it like that in the UK? The UK, Australia, New Zealand, they all are more into the using cunt over bitch. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right, spin again. Wheel of fortune. So Heidi, what would your career be if you weren't to go into comedy? Only fans. Really? No. I really wish I could like mentally do that because I feel like I'd make a lot of money. But I also like like my dad and I think that's kind of one of the requirements. Could you do it without the face? (laughs) (laughs) This is the money maker. Um, I, career, listen, if, I, if you want to do it, hell, go at it. I know a lot of people who made a shit ton of money off of OnlyFans. And let me tell you something. Smart fucking people. Um, smart fucking people. I know. I believe in them. I just don't. I. But what it's the career same excuses, would you? Okay. Um, I would love to work in the news, um, like behind the scenes. So writing for research all all different kinds of I know I sound really smart right now discussing it but I was caught off guard with this question um I really enjoy politics and modern or current events and everything like that it was my favorite classes in school um so you could kind of kind of be like a uh, research correspondent yeah Oh, like interesting. No more on camera shit for me with that. But like, like, I'm done. And like, I'm done. if comedy doesn't work, I'm, I'm done. done. I'm done. Except if Vogue wants me on the cover, I'm done. And I'm willing to forgive you. <laughs> Look into the camera and say, Anna Winter, I am willing to forgive you. She doesn't get a full name right now. Yeah, Anna. Anna. I did get in the elevator with her once, which you truly are not supposed to do. But at this point, I was like, fuck you. You don't like me anyways. Really? Mm-hmm. Did she say anything? No, she just gives you that like, not literally. But Anna's face doesn't do things. It's just, it was obvious I wasn't supposed to be in there. You just know. she's. You know what's happening. How did you, you walk, just walked in? Mm-hmm. Did you see her in there? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't give a fuck. I had places to be. <laughs> she's a rebel. Mm-hmm. I got told off after. Are you serious? By the the casting director. It was in Paris Fashion Week. Again, I think maybe the same one, so I was pretty pissed. But um, yeah, it could have been the next one. I don't know. They all mesh together. Memorable, though. Oh, yeah. That's, you know? Yeah. You know, on the silver lining, memorable. (laughs) Maybe not a good or or was it? Because I did a lot of cocaine. I don't know. It's all foggy at this point. Is that prevalent in the fashion industry? No, I've never touched it. Nobody ever has cocaine ever. Spin it again, Heidi. Heidi, what's your oddest pet peeve? I don't think I have like super odd pet peeves. I just have a lot of them and they are aggressive. Like if you take too big of a bite 
of food for your mouth, I want to punch you in the face. I'm assuming you do not watch ASMR videos. No, I, uh, no, no. I have misophonia, like sounds like that. But it's like also the physical. Watch The food will still be there. Nobody is stealing your fucking food. Like just take an appropriate bite for your mouth. Mm. And then um, talking with your mouth full, walking too slow on the sidewalk, walking inappropriately in high heels when you don't know how to do it. Um Oh, whisper singing when people whisper sing along with the radio. I swear to God. What's whisper singing? Like, I'm trying to think of a song. <laughs> I'm toxic. Na, 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 na. When you're calling. Like, just sing. Just, just fucking sing along with the song if you're going to do it or don't. Listen, I don't want to like in the back of my ears, I'm driving a car. Have you be like, I'm calling. I'm guy like you should wear a warning. It's No. Just belt it out or don't. Hmm. I don't. How do you really feel? I don't know why that makes me so mad. <laughs> All right. Spin it one more time, Heidi. Heidi. Sex. I love loud it. Loud or quiet? Okay. As we've discussed many times, I'm a very loud person who talks a lot. Mm-hmm. And as my ex-boyfriend liked to say, the one way to get me to shut up is put a dick in me. <laughs> God. I don't I don't know how to talk or make noises while having sex. I can't do it. I get like super all of a sudden the conservative upbringing and it's just like nope. Yes, I like it. Really? Wow. I like it when the other person says stuff. I just can't respond to it. I kind of pegged you as this like, yeah, you dirty daddy. Oh, oh, stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. No. Okay. Well, that's that's (laughs) shocking. Am I pink? I feel a little rosy right now. You're. She's a little blushy. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Oscar. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute fabulous ride getting to know you, and the journey has just begun. And I can't wait to see how well you do in comedy because you do have a very unique voice and I think it's going to be able to resonate very much with audiences. And so I'm excited to see how well you do. And I'm so happy that we met on clubhouse and that you were able to come and do O Oscar today. Oh, thank you so much. You're my favorite uh, clubhouse and Chelsea person. And you're my favorite, a lot of things. Oh, and I love you. And thank you for having me on here. No, I hate him. He's actually terrible. (laughs) Let me, let me start over. Um, thanks for having me. You're welcome that I showed up. All right. I love you. Love you too. Um, everyone, thank you so much for watching and, uh, we will see you next week. Have a great weekend. (laughs) 